Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. So I never paid it much mind, but I certainly did notice some of the streetlights on local freeways purple. Not, yep. I, I said yeah. before blue, Deb. Actually, it's, oh, yeah. it's more well, they're, purple, they're right? Purple, yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently this is not on purpose. Nope. I assumed it's like, oh, we're trying something new. The DOT <laughs> no. is ramping up the fix. Drake Bentley was writing in the Wonky Journal Sentinel this week. They're going to be replacing these purple, the, the ones that are turning purple, once again in March. They expect to have it all undone by the end of the year. They're LED lights, and they have a coating, apparently, that changes the, the blue-emitting light to a white. But what's happened is the coating is failing, thus causing the purple hue. Is there a pinkish hue? No, not pinkish hue, George. Purple hue. So I guess it's not decorative, Deb. It's broken. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's difficult (laughs) to see, by the way, under those lights. It's a little bit more difficult. But I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, a few years ago, um, they were everywhere. Yeah. All these blue lights. And it was all because of the manufacturer. Actually, they said it was a manufacturer defect. And the manufacturer is eating it and having to pay for the replacement of all these things. I think this is the last batch of the ones that they had got installed. So, yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. And yeah. it's not just here. Oshkosh, Wausau, Door County also having reported the purple lights. Some people like them. So this is the funny thing. <laughs> In the JS oh, article, nice. it said when the DOT announced it was removing and replacing the lights, a number of people reached out to the Journal Sentinel saying they preferred the lighting scheme. Some readers said it was easier on their eyes late nope. at night. Others thought purple was cooler than white. One person texted in, save the purple lights. <laughs> it <laughs> looks cool. I got to give you that. But I, driving through it, it kind of made me uneasy. I mean, it's a little It's a little eerie and you yeah. certainly can't see as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So the primary purpose of these lights is, you know, so that we can see in the night. And they are working to replace them. A pinkish hue? Yes, a a rosy glow. There's a hue. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstadt and Vince Vetrano. 26 games remain on the Bucks' regular season schedule. We are back in action tonight, 35-21, and 21, third place in the Eastern Conference in Minnesota. Got the Timberwolves, 8.30 broadcast time, 9 p.m. tip. Boy, take a nap and catch that tip right. tonight on your home of the Bucks, 620 WTMJ. Admirals have now won 18 in a row after their big win yesterday over the Chicago Wolves for Zip the Final. The second longest winning streak now in AHL history you want to guess the record? It's 28, so they got a, a bit to go yet. I thought we would have shattered that already at 18 in a row. <laughs> Back home tomorrow night against the Wolves again. New Brewers manager Pat Murphy, days ahead of his first spring training game Saturday, was talking football instead. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Okay, Notre Dame football to be exact. Uh, here's the backstory: Murphy was a coach, head coach at Notre Dame for many years, and that's where he and former manager Craig Council connected. Okay. So Counts played for Murphy on the Fighting Irish. Murphy was Council's bench coach for many years here in Milwaukee and apparently grew up a huge Notre Dame fan. And he sort of baited reporters yesterday in his daily availability down there at spring training into asking him football trivia. Quiz me. 1973 Notre Dame football. Quiz me. Any player on the team. Any player. Was Rudy on that team? I wouldn't know. 1973? Yes, he was. Number 45. There you go. Dan Rudiger, Joliet Catholic. <laughs> Is that Dom talking to Yeah. So our guy Dom Catronio is out there. Rudy, of course, the kid they made the movie about, walked on at Notre Dame in his last game, famously got into the game and got a sack. They start the music in the movie and the tears. It's very emotional. Right. 
Wonderful film. Yeah. If you know anybody who went to Notre Dame, they're, they almost offer without being asked, A, that they went to Notre Dame, and then B, <laughs> also, Rudy's not that cool. Nobody yeah, actually they, likes him. They really don't like Rudy. <laughs> right. yeah. Nonetheless, here's Dom Catronio's down there, and this is how he follows up with Murphy. How many career sacks? One. Was he offsides? Wasn't called. Good answer. Oh, come on, Dom. He ruined the movie for everybody. Was he offsides? <laughs> Brewers and Padres, Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. is the broadcast time. 2.30 first pitch on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. We'd be better off listening to adhesive tape. Oh, come on, you. <laughs> so not true. Come on. Uh, we've heard from the Packers and their new defensive coordinator, Jeff Hefley, comes from Boston College. He spoke to the media yesterday. He was head coach there. He says it was tough to leave, but can not be more excited to be in Green Bay. As a guy that grew up loving football, it's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is like the mecca of the football world to me and probably to most people who grew up loving football. So he knows what to say to get the fans exactly. all excited. <laughs> in fact, we, uh, Debbie typed in uh, what you would say if you're a new defensive coordinator for the, uh, the Packers in ChatGPT, and here's what it came up with. Growing up, this organization represented the pinnacle of football excellence, and to now be a part of its legacy is truly a dream come true. It's <laughs> so pretty close. Just being here and driving in the Lambo every day, it still feels surreal. The community, <laughs> maybe the best fans in all, in all of the world as well. <laughs> right, the okay. computer spit that other one out? <laughs> yeah. Really so yeah, pretty, pretty darn close. We will field a unit that lives up to the legendary tradition of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I'm all in on AI, AI football coach. But this guy seems all right. I think we'll dig him. 718 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So yesterday we had the huge phone outage. It did affect some folks here in Wisconsin, although not that many, with AT&T primarily. We're going to get to the bottom of what was the problem and what could the next problem be. We'll do that next on Wisconsin's Morning News. AT&T says it has restored cell service after that widespread outage Thursday that impacted customers in some large cities, including Chicago and even here in the Milwaukee area. They called the problem maintenance activity. ABC reporter Josh Margolin. Finally, after hours last night, AT&T confirms that this was not the result of some sort of malicious or nefarious action, not a cyber attack. It was a software problem that somebody did something with the software, with the updating, moving back and forth. They say it was purely a software glitch. It was resolved. All right. So all's well that ends well. Joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Tina Chang. She's the CEO of SysLogic based right here in the Brookfield area. All right, Tina, so they say all is taken care of, that this was just a maintenance activity. Does this show that that infrastructure, though, is just a software glitch away from major catastrophe, or are we overreacting? Oh, well, I think that this uh, is a common problem of people, process, and technology, and good thing it wasn't malicious activity or a cyber attack. But yes, as we've become more reliant on technology, it's complex. There are a lot of points of failure. And in this case, uh, they were simply trying to extend and enhance their network, and either people or process got in the way of technology, and that's quite common. You Talk hope that it doesn't happen for major infrastructure, but unfortunately, we're not infallible. And Tina Chang is the CEO of SysLogic, a tech company here in Milwaukee that experts in this field. So, Tina, like, I can handle that. Things go wrong from time to time. Outage was largely temporary, a great inconvenience for a lot of folks for a little while. But 
as a consumer, I can handle that if sure. you're building out your network. What we can't handle is this cyber bomb that may be coming. In fact, the director of the FBI says is coming from China. That was my first concern with this. Uh, I guess, is this how something like that might work if China goes through with one of these big widespread hacks? Definitely. Talk about a great dry run in understanding how to create societal or social fear. Uh, In this case, you know, it disrupts how we operate every day. And that makes us nervous. And so when you think about a cyber attack or something that's actually malicious, uh, that could definitely create some fear. Our politicians are reiterating what CISA and the FBI have uh, warned us about a few weeks ago, that threat is real and we need to do a better job both in the government, private sector, and as consumers to protect ourselves and get educated. So does this maintenance, is it like what we do? Like if we have an issue, we just turn the phone off and turn it back on or turn off the computer, (laughs) pop the battery, turn it back on. I mean, what are they doing something super complex to get everything back up and running? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think your big telecom can just hit the reboot button (laughs) and have everything turn back on as normal. Uh, You know, who knows? They're not reporting exactly what the issue was. Uh, They're just claiming it was a process issue. But uh, that's complex technology. They have, in this case, a ton of cell towers that need to communicate with each other. And anything can go wrong in that. And so, you know, for us, uh, I think it's a wait and see. AT&T needs to rebuild trust with customers, and we want to understand what happened. Uh, but even if they let us know, that might be too complex for us to actually digest right. and understand. And a good reminder, too, Tina, just how reliant we are on these devices. Eric and I were talking, like, if our phones went down, we couldn't get into our offices here. We have an open right. path or, a you know, a Bluetooth-connected thing where that... Beep, it, Badges us in to get in the door. Couldn't get into the Bucks game if we're going to the Bucks. Right, you got no. All your tickets are on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's very real. We've become so reliant on technology, and here's the reality: as we're becoming reliant on technology, we're also becoming reliant on power and energy, and a number of those things can go wrong. And so, my recommendation to people is: first off, don't panic. What we saw yesterday was a bit of chaos that was caused by people's phones not working, and they can only get to the 911 communication center. So you had all these people calling 911 and saying, oh, I wanted to see if that would work, and 911 got flooded across the nation. They actually asked people not to call in unless it was a true emergency. But I think for you and me, if we really depend on our connectivity, let's be more planful. Let's create our scenarios. Like, for instance, I subscribe to six different services in order to ensure my connectivity. And if you are somebody that is that reliant on it, either personally or for work, come up with some backup plans. No different than getting a generator at your home if you're really worried about having uh, undisrupted power. Syslogic founder and CEO Tina Chang on Wisconsin's Morning News. Thank you, Tina. Thank you. Have a great morning. Glad we're back up. <laughs> Me yes. too. And with advice that is so good yes, she's that none right. of us are going to do. Have a backup plan. Nobody ever does that, right? We just complain about it when it happens. Right. Brewers manager Pat Murphy said he's already seen his old guy, Craig Council. They got together for a little coffee chat. I'll tell you about it at 745. Embarrassment for a sheriff's deputy in Maryland. This after surveillance video from a 7-Eleven shows him unaware that a robbery 
is occurring inside the store. The suspects ran right past him when his back was turned. The video timestamp 3 a.m. on February 8th shows an apparently distracted Charles County Sheriff's deputy leaning into his car in front of the store and not immediately noticing when ATM thieves run by him to jump in a black sedan that pulled up. By the time the officer pulls his gun, the thieves are fleeing. No shots were fired. It reminds me of it's like a cartoon. It really was. Imagine watching a cartoon where like Porky Pig is like, ah, looking into something. Ah, what is this? Or, or Elmer Fudd is staring at his gun I trying to fix it. I wonder rabbits around yeah, here. rabbit after rabbit after rabbit <laughs> is right behind him. That's exactly what this is. The guy's looking at his car. Not one guy. Like four crooks go yeah. running right by. All dressed up in black, full full garb on, all black garb, run into a, a car that pulls up real quick and then squeals off. And then this deputy turns and is like, oh, shoot. So anyway. Not a shining moment in law enforcement <laughs> there. This news brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Come with me now. Yep, my other takeaway from this video that you were showing. So these crooks... Get away with it because this sheriff's deputy has pulled up to a 7-Eleven, which was being robbed, but you know, appears distracted for a moment, and the crooks sneak right by him. It looks yeah. like a cartoon. You're he absolutely gets, right. He gets up out of his car, out of his squad, opens the passenger door of the squad, leans in to do something there in the seat, and then boop, 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 one after another after another runs behind him, It looked jumps like a, into a getaway car, and runs like away. Like a cartoon for several reasons. One, it honestly looked like the crooks did like sort of the cartoon walk when you're a thief, <laughs> like a but boom 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 But then they run really fast. Right, and then they run really fast. Right. And then, and this has a similarity to something that's gone on here in our area this week, really stepping up the uniform game. You're right. Every one of these guys was in all black head to toe, like they had dressed for the occasion. You're right. That's that's a great Did you see some of the surveillance video that was released on the car heist out of Waukesha? Mm-hmm. That was over the weekend, so it was early Sunday morning. These guys that ripped nine vehicles from a high-end dealership in Waukesha. Cars, yeah. Man. And now there's surveillance video, some of it from inside the dealership. And it shows these guys, they break into the inside, they hit the... I think the box where they keep all the keys for vehicles that are there. But when they come running in, one does look like a cartoon. They're doing sort of the cartoon guy slink in. And two, they all have the same uniform. <laughs> so they like went somewhere and bought uniforms. Somebody thought of that. Like, Somebody, hey, you know what we should do? You got to dress in all black. Make sure it's, okay. it's the thin cut We should sheets. all have the same thing. That's it. That's what we should do. <laughs> Same hoodies, though. Like, right. they, like, they have the exact same clothes on. So they send the producer of the heist, like, we have Greg Hill here. We'd send Greg over to Target there. And Are you a large, or do you want to... Right. Yeah, but if I'm doing, like, thievery and stuff, I really want full motion. I like a tighter fit. Need so black shoes, medium. Need black shoes. Come on. <laughs> they were all wearing the same thing. It was like a uniform. If it was a cartoon, though, an anvil would have dropped somewhere right. on somebody's head. Kang. 7.43, Wisconsin's Morning News. We've got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstadt and Vince Vetrano. Brewers get it going this weekend. On the air here on WTMJ, first spring training game is tomorrow afternoon. 2 p.m. is the broadcast time. 2.30 is the first pitch. we got the Padres on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. You like brunch? Brewers face off against the Cubs for the first time in spring training next week. So that means you'll have the manager, Pat Murphy, the teacher, facing off against the student, Craig Council, even though Murphy's older than Counts. Right. Their history is Murphy was the head coach at Notre Dame when Craig Council played there. 
Murphy then later became Council's bench coach, served under him for years here in Milwaukee. So the two have known each other for decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in case you're wondering, not only have the two stayed in contact since Council <clears throat> ditched his home team and went to manage the Cubs, they've gotten together. I've already met up with Craig for coffee. Already done. Done. Check. Check. Done. So Murphy was asked about it at spring training. I assume the question was like, hey, what's it going to be like seeing Craig for the first time? Yeah. He was like, oh. Well, by the way, actually, we've gotten together. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for decades. <laughs> yes. How'd that go? Like, what do you mean? As far as what? We didn't fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good. I love the. I like the follow up. Well, how'd that go? But I also like Murphy's confusion. Like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't. I didn't box him. What would you expect to have happened? Right. Yeah. As soon as he walked into Collectivo, I took him down. Just started pumping him. <laughs> boom. Boom. <laughs> How could you get just like that? No, he should be ecstatic. <laughs> he got a job now. He's right. the manager now. We didn't right? fight. <laughs> All right. So Green Bay Packers, they unveiled their new defensive coordinator yesterday. Jeff Halfley spoke. He calls Titletown the Mecca of football. He said all the right things about how great he loves the, the, the team. Matt LaFleur talked about what he wants to do with the players. So they can go out there and be fearless and play with their hair on fire and just run and hit and cover and get off blocks and tackle. I mean, that's the beauty of the scheme. So it's funny because everything he said, we joked earlier, sounded just like it was dialed into chat GPT. So Debbie typed in, what would you say to media if you were a defensive coordinator? A new like one? one of these AI yes. things. She'd spit in, yes. okay, I want a speech for being right. introduced as the defensive coordinator in Green so Bay. So you just heard what he said. Here's what chat GPT said. We'll scheme aggressively adapt to any opponent, and be prepared for any situation. <laughs> pretty pretty darn close. Pretty, here's another one. As a guy that grew up loving football, it's a Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is like the mecca of the football world. To me. Okay, mecca of the football world. Growing up, this organization represented the pinnacle of football excellence, <laughs> and to now be a part of its legacy is truly a dream come true. <laughs> You're making that up. Somebody wrote no. that. The computer nope. wrote that. The yes. computer wrote that. I put in, write an introductory press conference speech for a new NFL defensive coordinator job in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just being here and driving in the Lambo every day, it still feels surreal. The community, maybe the best fans in all, in all of the world Who's as well. has got everything, right? Okay, that's the real oh, yeah. guy. Yep, yep, yep. All right, hold on. Let me make sure you play the one. Right. Here you go. Growing up. Oh, I've already played that one. Here you go. We will field a unit that lives up to the legendary tradition of the Green Bay Pack. <laughs> You're kidding. What and the it- hell's going on out here? <laughs> <laughs> no, that one. No, no. no that, is- that was stolen from Lombardi. <laughs> yes. It ends with Go Pack Go on Ooh. the GPT thing. Yes. On the, yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So we don't, we're not accusing our new DC of typing in, hey, what should I say? Right, no. He, that, That's, means, that is what you say but, when you get introduced for that, that job. He said all the right things. I think, uh, I think fans are really going to like this guy. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Tonight, UWM basketball, the Panthers play Youngstown State. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, so they played tonight at home. The last time they played was this past weekend, flying high after that last second win. Buzzer beater, right? Yep, buzzer beater shot over Northern Kentucky. Guard Angelo Stewart with the call. Here's how it sounded. Scott Wars on 1017 The Truth. Toss for Stewart. Three in the win. Bullseye. 1.2. Stewart buries one. There's always room for Jello. Timeout, Northern Kentucky. And there you go. <laughs> now, why that's funny is dude's name is Angelo. Stewart, yeah, and it, they call him Jello. That's Goes by thing. Jello. <laughs> There's always room for Jello. Outstanding. Admirals won their 18th straight in an 
I guess, morning, then into the afternoon affair. And the Bucks are back in action tonight. We are in Minnesota. Got the Timberwolves. 8.30 is the broadcast time. 9 p.m. tip. Take a nap tonight on your home of the Bucks. 6.20 WTMJ. Bullseye! Seven fifty-two on Wisconsin's morning news. No Tausch today, so we'll get to some other uh, breaking news from the last twenty-four hours. You want to do that instead? Our equipment is on the surface of the moon, and we are transmitting. So, congratulations, I am team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. Very nice golf clap. Absolute anticlimax yesterday. <laughs> I was watching live, as were you. Yeah. I'm making dinner, but I got it on in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, my son's there. I'm like, hey, they're doing the moon thing right like right now. This yeah. is ha- this is live. This is happening. But it was really dull. Yeah, and lots, I'm a sports guy. Lots I mean, going I'm, on I'm, there. A sp- I'm a space guy. Privately built and launched U.S. lunar lander touching down on the moon. It's the first U.S. moon landing in more than 50 years. A new adventure in science, innovation, and American leadership in space. Well, all of that aced the landing of a lifetime. That's NASA Administrator yeah. Bill Nelson. Come on, Bill. You can say it better than that. Bullseye. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The guy's got a cool voice. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about, I don't think. He wasn't much help on the run-up. No. If you were watching any of the coverage. Struggling to explain what was happening. Well, what, what's his job title? Uh, administrator, NASA there administrator. There you go. Right? He's he's office guy. Right? <laughs> and there he's go. not an engineer. So it was super tricky and super intense. So like they were in the moment of trying to land, and they only had so many orbits around the moon before they weren't going to have another chance. And what happened was they lost the navigation system for this ODI, this Odessa system. So they had to like rely on an experimental technology to figure out this quote unquote dynamic situation. Yeah. And, like, that doesn't mean there was no no one's on this thing. No one's riding it. So they had to, like, upload and do this, you know, in mere moments, minutes, hours at most before this thing was going to be lost. Here's the CEO of Intuitive Machines. They're the ones that landed it. What a journey that was. If you only knew, uh, we are going to write a book about the journey we took. Space is hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love that line. And he's right. We forget. We put, you know, went out this morning. The moon was shining very brightly. Yeah. There's some little tiny thing up there that we launched from a rocket right. in Florida. Sitting on there right now. So here's the thing. You were talking about it, the nail-biting moments of it. They were waiting for it to admit that it landed, basically. They were trying to get confirmation, weren't getting it, weren't getting it. Now they've said that, oh, yeah, we finally have gotten some kind of confirmation that this has happened. I know this was a nail-biter, but we are on the, sa- on the surface, and we are transmitting... And uh, welcome to the moon. Here's my question, though. Where are the pictures? Yeah. Still nothing this morning, which concerns me. Because the last... I'll check it right now while we're on here. The last we heard from that company was last night, about 11 hours ago, saying, hey, we're working on getting some images downloaded when Odie can send them back. We had live images of the moon landing in 1969. (laughs) As it was happening. As it was happening. And A... Everybody got to watch it live, yeah. and B, even then, people still didn't believe it. So now we got no pictures? Yeah, so that's the unfortunate thing here, and I, whether that's because of where the moon is situated, the southern part of this, and all that, who knows? South Pole presents some problems when they were going back and forth about, well, when are we going to hear from this thing on the moon? They're talking about different uh, right. receiving stations and 
different parts of the planet that might be able to get the signal. So there, there's a lot involved. I'll so, grant you. So okay. So then what happens now though? Like so if it doesn't if it doesn't pop up. But anyway, okay, so even if we don't have the pictures, are they able to operate it? So here's the fascinating thing. What they're doing with this thing moving forward, I thought it was pretty cool at Brian Ewenson, our Spaceport Sheboygan Executive Director, who has worked with NASA, has done some consultant work, has trained astronauts. He told us yesterday that like this whole idea is about like lunar economy, being able to harvest from the moon and utilize those resources. There are resources on the moon that are in abundance, but are in rarity here on Earth. Uh, so it is looking at developing, as we say, a wider lunar economy. Uh, our future astronauts are not going to be fighter pilots and test pilots. They're going to be geologists mm-hmm. and miners to help Earth become a better place. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, still checking here. Nothing new from Intuitive Machines as of this morning. Last word was, we are working to downlink the first images, and that was 12 hours ago. You know, when you talk about mining resources and such on the moon, my son asked an interesting question yesterday. He's like, so we can just do that? We can go up there and take whatever we want? And, like, who gets to decide that? Great question. These are all the political battles that will be fought in Mm -hmm. the future. All right. Russia lands right next to us, and we're like, no, those were our rocks over there. Isn't it like Wild Wild West? We'll just put up the flag first and say, no, this is our spot. This is ours. In fact, this whole thing's ours. (laughs) We were here first and again. 7.57 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll do the business headlines next with the Milwaukee Business Journal's Linda Spice. Bullseye.